Episode 50, David Butler, SpanVest International. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Hey, it's Nikki, and we're back on Gut Plus Science. Every once in a while, I run across someone that shares my passion for employee engagement, and it's at the top of their list too. That's today's guest. David Butler works alongside company executives to champion change through the people stuff, and we know that's the stuff that really matters. When you have an engaged workforce, nothing can stop you. You can overcome challenges and innovate to the highest levels. Let's find out more about the way David thinks on this topic. Let's dive right into our shared passion area, employee engagement. Why do you think companies struggle so much with employee engagement as a staggering 70% of employees nationally are not engaged in their work? The fact that 70% of employees do not feel engaged at work creates a big problem for companies, uh, not just across America, but, but globally. But it also creates a, a huge opportunity for them. I believe companies struggle with employee engagement mostly because top leadership tend to be what I call tech-centric or financial-centric instead of people-centric. And as a consequence, many employees that start out with great enthusiasm over time, uh, they, they just grow to feel less and less important to their boss and to the team and to the company. And so they often become disengaged. And I can tell you that that is a general theme on this show. I think you and I and, you know, many other experts agree that leadership is just really the catalyst to make that change. And I think we're going to touch on a number of tips here, but I want to start with, from your perspective, what are the companies who excel at employee engagement doing extraordinarily well? Sure. In my experience uh, working with many companies in many sectors, uh, companies who excel at employee engagement are really good at communicating with their employees, not just in a group, but one-on-one as individuals versus as a them. Absolutely. And so can you talk about that a little bit when you break that down into two parts? One-on-one, best practices, what does that look like? And then group communication, especially for large organizations that have many people spread out everywhere, different locations. A little bit of insight on those best practices? Yes, uh, it all begins with um, a leader. Anybody that has uh, an individual or multiple people on their team uh, at mid-levels, high levels, at any level, um, uh, creating opportunities to speak with and understand each individual employee and what they want. Uh, Peter Drucker, the great management thinker, once said that leaders of yesterday knew how to tell the leaders of tomorrow Will know how to ask and so those leaders um, look for ways to link an employee's talents and skills to a valued role or task in the company and they look to give praise and encourage uh, progress and so all of this makes an employee feel appreciated and valued and it fosters a stronger and stronger culture of engagement and so that really needs to be happening at all levels and it should be a structured process a regular process And, you know, as you were talking, it just made me think that the end game of what we're working on as far as communicating one-on-one or in mass is to build relationship. 
you know, so if we're just going through the motions or we're just writing out emails like, oh, we did it, check the box versus the end goal is build a relationship human to human. I I think that that's just so important. And I'd love for you to illustrate um, leadership of a company with high levels of employee engagement, because I know you consult many of these companies are very passionate about the topic. What does it look like, feel like, sound like you walk into these environments, you work with them, like just describe that for us. Yeah, it uh, usually comes after a long time of trial and error, you know, hit and miss, uh, a lot of people programs in place and finding out what works and doesn't work. And the companies that are really good at this, uh, they don't look at uh, people engagement or, or, or growing leaders even as uh, an event or a academic theory. They, they put into place systems so that this kind of communication is happening on a regular basis. And like I said, um, people, all people, all of us, you know, we start out at a company hoping maybe even silently wishing that here at this particular company in this role, I can reach my fullest potential and really, really use my gifts and talents to make a contribution. And companies want the same thing. Uh, They're hoping that you're a good fit. They're hoping that you will bring your best game uh, to their company and, and contribute. But what happens is everybody gets stretched pretty thin. And again, you know, most people in business are either tech, technology centric or financial centric or or scientifically centric or something uh, depending on their industry and their company and so um, they pay lip service sometimes to uh, people engagement and the importance of building a culture of engagement but it just doesn't get done and uh, so the best companies really make that a conscious proactive process in in their in their company oh i couldn't agree more and you know that feeling that when you walk into a company, they could have the ping pong tables and the, you know, bars and the beautiful colors, but there's no energy and it's silent. And, you know, so they've checked the box to put that stuff in there, but, you know, engagement looks like people energize, they're collaborating, they're talking, working together. And it's just the, the overall feel of the energy. You know, you can walk into a space and, and feel that, which is just so cool. And, and is such a gift to be part of, you know, um, I'd love to know what is the one thing or the main thing that you think companies, especially those that you're thinking, you know, focus on the technology and the finances, what's the one thing that they could do to start to go down the path of shifting? towards engagement. Yes, and maybe I'm being a little redundant here, but I, I believe that companies and leaders, if they would have their people buy in, uh, you know, win their hearts and their minds and their hands and truly become engaged, motivated, enthusiastic for the company's mission and goal, regularly schedule formal one-on-one interviews with each employee. I like to call these alignment interviews. So when I'm working with executives and coaching them, I'll constantly ask them, how are the alignment interviews going? And an alignment interview is an opportunity to build alignment uh, between the employee and their manager and between the employee and the company. And there are three critical topics to cover in, in these alignment interviews. And the first is to clarify expectations. All of us have been in a position, have worked for a boss that we had to guess what was in his or her head. We weren't sure because they weren't clarifying expectations on a regular basis. Um, the second thing is to offer candid feedback. 
And what that looks like is uh, you and I may be having a conversation, an alignment interview, and you basically say, hey, Dave, uh, your particular role, uh, the expectations for your role are A, B, C, D, and E. You're doing great with A, B, and C, knocking it out of the park. Uh, but I'd like you to do something a little different with D and E, and here's what it is. And so it's clear, candid feedback on how they're doing and what they can do better. And then when you've had that exchange, ask, and this is the third most important thing of all is, how can I help you? How can I help you to, to do better, to be better in your role? And listen. And so that's the main thing. It's simple, but it, you think it's management uh, 101, but even in the best companies, the largest companies, this is not taking place on a regular uh, formal schedule basis. I love that alignment interviews. And I love those three components. I think it's going to be really helpful for our audience today. Thanks for sharing. So David, you're a partner of ours at Amplify. Talk about the power of measurement or gaining employee feedback. Yes, uh, I'm a, a new partner to Amplify, and I'm really excited about the, the relationship. Um, I have learned so much just working with, with uh, your organization. But, um, you know, why companies often measure uh, feedback or use assessments and then not act on the data or the, the, what they learn is, is, is very basic human uh, resistance to change. CEOs and other top decision makers are humans, uh, just like most of us, and they resist change, even when they have evidence that change is necessary. And, you know, we could talk about inertia, we could talk about cognitive dissonance and all those human psych psychological uh, things that keep us from acting when we know we should make a change. But the fact still remains that our tendency is to remain unchanged or not act upon data because we feel that that change might threaten our comfort or even our very survival. So if you look at uh, exercise and nutrition, my wife's a nutrition uh, coach, and uh, most people are quick to agree that they need to improve their nutrition and, and increase their exercise. They know what to do, but it's very difficult to, to establish uh, new habits and to take action. So until unless we feel that our current pain or our current discomfort is greater than the pain of, of the change that's proposed, we are likely to continue living with our current situation. And this is true with people and it's true with organizations because organizations are led by people. So, uh, yeah, I think it's so common to see that companies do take the step of getting feedback, but then they're overwhelmed or they, yeah, like you said, don't, and don't know how to embrace the change. They're scared of it. Um, any thoughts on just your guidance on, you know, how to embrace change better, maybe like a mindset shift or any, you know, tips that you have for leaders that are out there that, you know, they're like, yep, I've got the results of my survey in my inbox and we just haven't done anything about it. Any, any thoughts for them? Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm an executive coach. And so I know that even the very best uh, world-class athletes use a coach because they need somebody uh, not necessarily to tell them exactly what to do, uh, you know, day in and day out, but just that that guide on the side to help us to know what to do and when to do it so that we can become who we hope to become as individuals or, or as companies. And so to use somebody who has experience in, in taking you to the next level. What got you here won't get you there. That's the title of a, of a book by 
one of uh, one of the people that I, I esteem highly, Marshall Goldsmith, and uh, it's really true. Uh, many leaders are very successful because of what they've done in the past or what they have believed, but they're also successful in spite of some some beliefs and some some habits that maybe uh, don't continue to serve them. So it's just using a system and using a coach uh, to get to that next level. I absolutely agree. And I'm a huge advocate of if you're in any kind of leadership position, you need coaches and you need mentors. And by the way, be a mentor as well to other people and get good at that because it's just how the world churns, right? All of us pouring in and helping each other and knowing that we don't have all the answers. So going back to you being a partner of Amplify, I just wanted to touch on how does data from employee feedback help you help your clients? Yes, I think Amplify really does this better than anybody else. I've I uh, I searched and I observed and I compared and and uh, typically companies, you know, bring me in when they are worried about issues like low morale or or high turnover or, or even the absence of of a culture. Because I talk a lot about culture and culture comes from leadership and 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 you know the financial statement. The bottom line is determined more by culture than than any any other uh, driver. Um, and these leaders may already have in place some kind of people development programs, but they're still not seeing the needed results quick enough. And so the way Amplify helps me as a, as a coach and as a consultant to help a company um, solve people problems such as disengagement is their data uh, and measurement tools to pinpoint areas of, of disengagement. And this provides an evidence-based approach that you know, when I talk to to leaders and companies, some leaders are all for my program, and some are kind of, you know, I'm not not quite there. No, that's maybe not what we need. And so they don't always agree. But when I can use a tool such as Amplify's uh, uh, data measurement tools, then there's no more argument. You know, we're able to pinpoint the areas of of, of, of disengagement and people challenges, and that provides uh, leadership an opportunity to know where the needs are and what corrective actions to take for improvement. And when you think of, you work alongside many companies and leaders helping with employee engagement, you're in the trenches alongside of them. And so I'm curious, when you think of just great leaders doing the right actions, and I know you talked about, you know, your alignment interviews that you teach and the communication practices, I'm just trying to get an illustration of what they're doing differently because the majority aren't doing what they're doing. What is it like there? Or what has been, you know, the journey that you've walked alongside X leader and you've seen them go from here to here and here's what they did. Any, any, you know, sharing you could do there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you asked that question, what, what came to my mind was I had the privilege many years ago to work for Dr. Stephen Covey. He was my boss. And he used to always say, treat your employees as you would have them treat your very best customers. Treat your employees as you would have them treat your very best customers. And there's so much in that statement. Um, so to you know, all who may be listening to this podcast, I would offer this, that with very few exceptions, as I said earlier, every employee that you have today wants long to achieve his or her highest potential at your company and in their role. And uh, they wanted to feel motivated. They wanted to feel enthusiastic and committed to your, your organization's mission and goals. Yet today, only 30%, as you stated up front, 
only 30% self-identify as being engaged. So the quickest way to start uh, to turn that around is to start talking to your people. Really talk to them, like I say, on a regularly scheduled basis. And, and, and companies that do this well uh, have incredible um, buy-in from their people on, on a much higher percentage. And it's amazing what can happen. And when you do that, when, when leaders begin talking to people, um, I encourage them to do the following. The very most important thing you can do to win anybody's heart and mind is to simply ask them a question that's important to them. Basically, you know, what do you want? What are you looking to achieve in this role? And second, to listen. And to listen to understand, not to respond, not to explain, not to say why or can or cannot happen but to truly listen. And third is to thank people. Gratitude is, is powerful. And, and when people answer your questions, they're giving you a gift with their answer. And then truly think about what they've said. Uh, there's a, a great book out there called um, Deep Work by uh, Cal Newport. And he talks about how the, the art of deep work or thinking deeply about our task at hand has, has been lost in our in our Band-Aid society. So ask, listen, thank, think. And then once we've thought about it, go back to that person and respond and give them an answer, an honest answer. And if there's a change required, make that change. Show evidence that we are, we are truly listening and responding. And the last and most important step of all is following up with people. You know, letting them know the outcome or what can happen or cannot happen. Care enough to be honest with them. So doing this will show people they truly matter and that they're respected and valued. And very soon, your culture of engagement will start to climb and soar, as will productivity and other important things like retention and, and company profits. I love that. What a great process. And going back to you know what I had kind of summarized a little bit ago is it's about building relationships. It's not like we're peers or we're coworkers or we're boss and, you know, team member. It's we are humans and this is a relationship, right? And so asking the employee what's important to them? What are you working on? What do you want to do here differently than what we're doing now? Listening. We've heard that so many times on the show and all of us could get better. All of us. Um thanking people taking time to think it over, like what you heard and, and really let that sink in and then following through and say, thank you. And I heard you. And here's what we could do. Here's a couple suggestions. I mean, wow, that's a beautiful thing. I love that. So, you know, David, thanks for coaching us today. Honestly, thanks for coaching me. This is great. And I couldn't be a bigger advocate. I just wrote a blog on this about the importance of having coaches, consultants, and mentors in our life. Like all three of those are so important and they're very different roles, but I'd love for you to speak to the coaching aspect for just a minute for leaders who are thinking about engaging a coach, or maybe we just inspired them to start thinking about it. What should they look for in selecting the right one for them? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And it's an important question because there's so many people out there, um, offering coaching services on, on so many levels. And I believe that there's four, three or four key things to look for when you think about engaging a, an executive coach. And the most important one I'll give you last, but the first is what is the coach's experience leading, training, and coaching others? Where have they been? What, what organizations have they worked with and what results did they get? Second, does the coach 
have or offer a clear methodology, you know, an A to Z process or system to achieve your desired outcomes with the coaching. Third is, do they offer a mechanism to track and measure improvement? Companies struggle with, with using outside uh, leadership development programs because there's typically no way to measure the ROI. And so having a mechanism to track and measure improvement along the way is really critical. And then the most important thing I believe, and, and the fourth thing, is to, to just see if that coach has passion around the topic that they're going to coach you through, whether it's leadership or, or, or uh, growing leaders or engaging people. And if they have, if there's chemistry between them and you and your organization, if they're excited about your business, about what you're doing in your business, so passion and chemistry are the two keys. David, I absolutely love talking to passionate people like you about the topic of employee engagement. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us and inviting us to your journey. Um, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor message today, and we'll come back uh, to what we call the lightning round. We can learn just a little bit more about you. We'll be right back. In our conversations with CEOs and hiring managers, we hear they're frustrated with traditional recruiting. From outrageous fees to focusing on candidates before clients, the process was broken and needed to be fixed. Enter Titus Talent. Titus Talent Strategies serves its clients using passionate people, a proven process, and unparalleled performance. Oh, and did we mention they guarantee the performance of their candidates for 12 months? If you want to learn how they're disrupting the recruitment space, head over to TitusTalent.com. That's T-I-T-U-S-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. All right, we're on Gut Plus Science today with David Butler, wrapping up with what we call our lightning round. David, we're going to ask a couple of questions. We'd love to just get a little bit of insight from you. First question is, what is your favorite book or one you'd recommend today? Wow, that's a, that's a tough one because I do a lot of reading. I love to read. Um, but I would, I would offer uh, listeners uh, a title that has been around since I believe 2011. It's called The Slight Edge, and the author is Jeff Olson. The Slight Edge is about how you can turn simple daily disciplines into massive success. You know, the old adage, by small and simple things, proceed at that, which is great. It's a great book. Love that book. I highly recommend it as well. Favorite vacation spot, David? I uh, just got back from skiing uh, in the Rocky Mountains here on the Utah side. So pretty much anywhere in the Rocky Mountains, winters, summer, any time of year. I wonder if this leads into your favorite hobby. <laughs> What's your favorite hobby? <laughs> mm, very, very good uh, perception there. Uh, getting outdoors, you know, anywhere, uh, somewhere for a run or a hike or a walk, either alone or, or you know, with, with my wife or kids. Love hiking and walking. Sounds great. I love that too. So, David, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? Yeah, thank you again for having me. And I would love to, to have a conversation with anybody who is interested. Uh, you can reach me at david at spanvest.com, david at spanvest.com, or just call me at uh, 801-709-3280. Well, David, that was fun. And you had some nuggets that our audience can take and do something with right away. So here's my truth you can act on today, guys. Number one, master your communication process, both one-on-one -on -one 
and to the masses. Like really reflect on some of the things David talked about today and how are you conducting one-on-one communication and how are you communicating to the masses? Because it can just get so confusing. We've got to master that. Number two, build relationships with your people. That's the whole person approach we've talked about so many times on this show. Really get to know them, like get to know them. Number three, conduct alignment interviews where you can clarify expectations, offer candid feedback, and ask the question, how can I help you? And number four, evaluate how David's five-step process can help you. He said, first, ask the employee what is important to them. Then listen, then thank them for their time, express your gratitude, then take time to just let it sink in before talking any action or next steps, take some time away. And then the follow-up, getting back to them with follow-up on the actionable opportunities that you took time, you heard them, you listened, and here's what we can do about it. Wow. That says I value you, I think. So what good stuff. Wonderful to share uh, the stage today with someone that is very passionate about employee engagement. And that's what this whole show is about. So that's a wrap. This stuff is gold. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.